You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Amazing. Amazing the talent we have in our church. Morning, the church. How are you doing this morning? Okay, we're going to try that again. Just, just need a little more. Not a lot more. A little more. I don't know how the South Africans went, the Springboks went this morning. Maybe that's what's brought the damper down. No, we did all right. Okay, come on. How you doing this morning, church? There we go. Wow, that's so good. There we go. So good to have you. Welcome. It is uh, awesome to be able to come here and share the Word of God with you this morning. Welcome to any guests who are hanging out with us here this morning. Welcome. Uh, so glad you've come to share your Sunday with us. I pray you're blessed. And welcome to everyone who's joining with us. Also, online, it is great to have you with us online. Well, hello to my mum who always watches online and then comments on all my stories online. I get all these screenshots of what my mum says. She corrects all my stories. So mum, I have the microphone. So be blessed. We are in a new series called Alignment, and uh, this is part two in the series called Alignment, and we're journeying through the book of Colossians. It's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. Bex did part one, chapter one last week. I'm doing chapter two. If you want to go on a bit of a journey with us, I'd encourage you to take some time over the next few weeks to read the book of Colossians. There's a lot of amazing stuff in there. We're in chapter number two, and this is where we kind of see the whole heart of why Paul has written this letter to the church in Colossae in the first place. There's an issue that's come up, and it's an issue about alignment within the church. And I'm going to use this little um, little washing basket here to illustrate to you guys what I mean. If you want to follow along, maybe camera, you can zoom out, and so everyone can see. See, it's kind of like Kind of like this, like these people in Colossae, they've, they've gotten saved and they've come to Jesus. And it's like, yes, I'm saved and I, I believe the gospel and Jesus is now my Lord and my Savior. And then like I'm going to join the church in Colossae. So I'm now part of the church and we're kind of in the community there and it's, it's amazing. But then a little bit of Jewish legalism kind of comes along and some, a lot of Jewish believers are there and they bring with them a lot of their cultural beliefs and customs and there's a lot of um, ceremonial law from the Old Testament, the Old Testament law of Moses that they're coming along and they got, they're bringing you like, yeah, yeah, you've got Jesus, but you kind of, you also need this. You need a little bit of like, like Old Testament ceremonial law. You got to have like the Sabbath and circumcision and like festivals and other kinds of things. And so what they're kind of at the heart of it is saying is that, yeah, you've got Jesus, but it's not enough. You got to have a bit of this. And, and then there's also a little bit of like uh, Greek philosophy. It's sort of, they're in, uh, in amongst sort of a Greek Roman sort of culture. And so there's a bit of uh, the ideologies and the, the beliefs of the day, and there's this really strong belief going around at that point in time in the philosophy, which is that everything in the material world was evil. So no you couldn't own possessions. There was this big push to not own any worldly, earthly possessions, to deny yourself, to deny your body, this radical denial of self and of certain foods and abstaining from all kinds of things, even owning and possessing land or any property. And so there's this cultural belief and philosophy of the day, and, and that's kind of getting washed into the church a little bit as well, and it's kind of going in the mix. Essentially what it's saying is, yeah, you've got Jesus, but he's not enough. There's other stuff too you've got to, you've got to have. And then there's like a bit of mystic belief 
like mysticism and other spiritual practices, like, hey, we're going to pray and worship angels, and we're going to, like, there's this unseen realm we're going to dive into, and we're going to have visions of this other realm, and we're going to worship elemental spirits and the elements of the world, and there's this mysticism and other spiritual practices that in their heart is saying, yeah, you've got Jesus, but there's more. He's not enough. He's not enough. And then it all kind of washes in, and at the end of it, what went in kind of looks a little bit more like this, where you started with Jesus, but now there's a whole lot of other stuff that's washed in the mix, and it's got in, and it's become part of the picture, and at the heart of it all, this is what the scholars call the Colossian heresy. And a heresy is just simply a false teaching, and at its essence, the Colossian heresy says, Christ is not enough. Jesus is not enough. You've got to have all this other stuff too. And then this is Paul's response to what's going on in there. He says this, Colossians chapter 2, you can follow along with me. If you've got the app, follow along on that. He says this, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I'm absent in body, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to christ for in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily and you've been filled in him he who is the head of and rule sorry he is the head of all rule and authority in other words what paul is saying is you think jesus is not enough but he is other stuff is washed in and you've come to believe that you need more but you don't he is enough and today what i want to do really quickly because we've got we've jam-packed this service and i've got about seven minutes left so put the seatbelt on, hold on, we're going to go. Because I want to look at a couple of maybe some modern or uh, some versions of what we see in the church in Colossae that maybe we see today. And maybe the words of Paul would be just as relevant to us and where he would say, Jesus is enough. Maybe something got in on the wash of your faith. And I want us to come back to that alignment that Jesus is enough. Are you ready? Let's go. The first thought I have is this. Number one, Christ paid the debt. Christ paid the debt. We were all in lockdown last year with all the restrictions and stuff that we were under. And we were all in lockdown. In Auckland, we were in lockdown for a good five months there. And as parents with children in a lockdown situation, you had to get really creative about keeping yourself entertained and not going absolutely crazy and doing some, something absolutely outrageous with your family, right? It's just, it was a very hectic time. So, a few months into this lockdown, we decided to give our kids what we called a yes day. Big mistake. <laughs> yes day, where we had to say yes to everything they wanted to do. Now, a little bit smart because lockdown meant nothing was open. So we couldn't, do, we couldn't spend any money. It was just like at home, yeah, yes. So, but what we soon realized that yes day what we thought yesterday was, was, yeah, we'll say yes to the fun things you want to do. Yesterday to them was slavery day. 
Yesterday to them was make mum and dad do all these mean and horrible things. That, like we're gonna, we're gonna embarrass them. We're gonna be mean to them. It, we, I was like, there was some stuff came out of our children in that time. I was very concerned about. <laughs> I obviously inherited a lot from their mother. <laughs> so, pray for my children. It was crazy. And so it just kept escalating. It was like nothing we said yes to was enough. You gotta do this, and then we're gonna do this. And we're gonna, it was like, wow, these kids are losing their minds. It escalated to the point where I had to walk three kilometers through the beautiful suburb of Flatbush wearing a bright yellow adult-sized Teletubby costume. <laughs> now, why do we have a Steve-sized Teletubby costume? That's none of your business. But it was lockdown, so everyone's at home. People are videoing me walking out. They put it on the local grapevine. It's out of control. Nothing, nothing that we said yes to was ever enough. There was always more, and there was always more, and there was always more. They just kept loading. It was like this bird, like, oh my gosh, when are these kids going to give it up? And I tell you that very embarrassing story. To, say, to make this point, when you don't understand what Christ did for you on the cross and that it was sufficient to pay the debt of your sin and to make you righteous in God's sight, you will always live feeling like no matter what you do, it's never enough to please God. No matter what you do, it's never enough to be accepted by God and to earn God's favor and to be made right with God. And like the church in Colossae, you'll begin to live with a mindset that says you need to do more. What Jesus did for you wasn't enough. You need to do more of this and less of that in order to be made right with God. But here's what Paul says in Colossians 2 verse 14. And I love this. I love the imagery that's here. He says this, he erased the certificate of debt with all its obligations that was against us and opposed to us, he has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. The certificate of debt that was on your life, he took that certificate and he got a nail and he hammered it to the cross. It's paid and it's paid in full. The debt that you owed, you cannot pay back. It was paid already. And friends, we need to understand this. Otherwise, when it comes to like reading our Bible and praying and worshiping and giving and serving in church and doing good things, all of these are good things in their own. All of these are valuable and, and worthy things. And these are things that we should do. But these are not things that make you right with God. They are not things that are gonna earn you favor with God. These are not things that put you in right standing with God. Praying more and being a better person and serving more and worshiping more and giving more in a vision offering. They are not the things that cancel out the bad and make you right with God. They're the things we do when we know the one who already accepts us through Christ. So perhaps some of you today are still working to pay off a debt that you no longer owe. I wanna encourage you, come back to alignment. Come back to alignment. He's already paid the debt. For some of you today, if you can get this in your spirit, it's gonna be a game changer in your faith because you're no gonna live, longer live under this weight of legalism and debt and burden of guilt when you realize he paid it all. You're free in him. Now live for him. He's enough. He paid the debt. My second thought is this, and I've only got two today. We didn't have time for three. <laughs> Number two, Christ is the foundation of truth. Christ is the foundation of truth. Colossians, Colossians, oh my goodness. Colossians 2 verse 18 to 23. 
Let no one condemn you by delighting in ascetic practices and the worship of angels, claiming access to a visionary realm. Such people are inflated by empty notions of their unspiritual mind. He doesn't hold on to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and tendons, grows with growth from God. If you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up. They are human commands and doctrines, although these have a reputation for wisdom by promoting self-made religion, false humility, and severe treatment of the body. They are not of any value in curbing self-indulgence. So just like the church in Colossae, they're like, just like us today, us today, we're just like the church in Colossae, where is this, there's this collision of ideas and ideologies and philosophies and teachings and thoughts and ideas. There's this kind of collision that comes in, and they all sound reasonable, but they were, in fact, a contradiction to the gospel. They all sound really reasonable, and they're all persuasive, but they are in contradiction to the gospel. I remember growing up, um, hearing, my, hearing my parents and older people always say like, you know, back in my day, we all love to tell those stories, eh? Back in my day, when I was, the world is different now, it was different when I was younger in my day. I remember um, my dad, I remember complaining about walking to school. And this is what my dad said, I, I remember it so vividly. And I think every single dad has told this story. He said, well, back in my day, we used to have to walk 10 miles barefoot, through the snow, just to get to school. I remember as like a seven-year-old going, wow, I'm never complaining again. You know, recently I realized my dad is a liar. <laughs> he grew up in Kaikoue, in the far north. It doesn't snow in Kaikoue. But as I look around the world right now, I'm, like the, sa I'm the same with my kids. Man, it's so different. Even the world now is different to the world I grew up in. It's different to the world 10 years ago. It's different to the world five years ago. And this world we live in is saturated by media, saturated by social media. And we have, well, like what we have is all the, on these screens that we have, we have all these TV teachers and TikTok theologians and Facebook philosophers and Instagram ideologues. And they all have really reasonable sounding ideas. They all have very reasonable sounding arguments for things, and they can sound reasonable, but if we don't check it against the truth of the Word of God and the Gospel, just like the church in Colossae, these ideas can come and they can wash in, and next thing you know, they water down and change in shape and take us away from the heart of the Gospel, and we begin to lose alignment. See, the culture of today would say, follow your feelings. Trust your heart. The Bible says the heart is wicked above all things. Of everything in this world to trust, don't trust that. Follow your feelings. It sounds really nice. It sounds like a really great idea. Follow your feelings. But I'd like to suggest that your feelings are a very poor indicator of truth. Feelings are a very poor indicator of truth, and they are an even worse leader for your life. If you live your life led by feelings, you're going to be in massive trouble. And a lot of the trouble we see in our world right now is because we are a world built on feelings. And if we let the gospel of feelings come in and wash in on our faith, the result will be that our feelings will hold a greater truth value in our life than the Word of God. 
And then we'll build, you begin to build our faith and, our, and our, our, our community and our church based on what we feel, not based on the truth of God's Word. And we can all say things, and I've said these things, I just don't feel God. I just don't feel like He's near. I just don't feel like He loves me. I just didn't really feel the worship today. Didn't feel that song. I just didn't feel anything when I came to church. You know, the, the thing is this, friends. The truth of the Word of God determines my reality. And the, by the Word of God, I know that I'm loved by God. I know that God is near. I know that He's leading me. I know that this is a place where I come not to feel good about songs. Worship is not about how I feel. Worship about, is about giving God what He deserves because He's worthy and He's first and He is God over all. So despite how I feel, despite how I feel about the song, whether it's a song I like or I don't like, it's not about me. It's about giving God what's His. It's about worship. And listen, it's about God's splendor. Listen, the, the feelings that you have in your life are not nearly as important as what you know. Not nearly as important. And when my feelings don't line up with the truth of God's Word, I know what has to shift. Not the Word. My feelings need to come in line with the truth of God. Our culture today would say, hey, just do whatever makes you happy. Whatever makes you happy. The happy gospel. Whatever makes you happy. What happens when you're not happy? If happiness is the ultimate goal of life and that's what we want, that, that's the end game. And often if we let that come in, in church, it's like, well, God's supposed to make me happy, right? What happens when I'm not happy? What happens when the inevitable suffering comes in life? And newsflash, everybody, if you're a new Christian today, suffering is going to come. I came to church today and the pastor told me suffering's coming. <laughs> it's life. It's the nature of reality. It's, it's the world that we live in. But God's desire for you is not just a life of, purple, uh, of personal happiness. It's one of significance and purpose in Jesus. And that means you're going to go through joy and trials and suffering and challenges and discomfort. But God's goal for you is not just simple happiness, but it's happiness encompassed by holiness and selflessness and service and purpose and significance and peace in Him. The culture of today would say values change. You know, values change. And those, those conservative values around marriage and sexuality and purity and sexual integrity, that was, that was for your generation, but for our generation, it's different. Friends, culture, philosophy, and ideology does not change the truth of God's Word and what we believe and what we live in as followers of Jesus. He is the foundation of our truth. What I'm saying is this, Christ is enough. Christ is enough. Paul puts it like this. A band, you guys can come and join me. Paul puts it like this. He said, the trouble is, the problem is you've, you've lost touch with the head. See, the, the, the Bible describes us as the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body. And, and from the head, everything goes. All, all the neural impulses that come from the brain go through the body and cause movement and life and action. And so what he's saying is the reason you've gone out of alignment is because you lost contact with the head. And the greatest thing that you and I can do to stay aligned is stay connected to Jesus. Stay connected to Jesus. Stay firm on the gospel. Don't allow the culture and ideologies of this world to shift you off it, but stay aligned. I wonder, my question simply today is this, I wonder what might have washed in on your faith from the world around us. Maybe even today there is a bit of Jewish legalism that is even evident in the church still today. Where we think, oh, I've still got to keep all these customs and laws and regulations. And 
still have to go to the men of God because the men of God, no, 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 no. We're a priesthood of all believers. Maybe there's a bit of like cultural philosophy and ideology in there. The, the, the wisdom of the day is kind of crept in and you're thinking, man, at the heart of it all, it's saying that Jesus isn't enough. And I want to remind us today, church, that Christ is enough for you. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. Let's bow our heads for a moment. God, I thank you for the truth of your word. And I thank you for this beautiful letter to the Colossian church. And I thank you that it's still so relevant for us today. That your heart and your cry for each of us is to stay aligned to you. To not shift off the foundation that we once had when we came to Christ. And for any of us that are here, oh God, that are struggling thinking that we are living with this burden of guilt that no matter what I do, it's never enough to pay the debt. I pray for the freedom that comes from the knowledge of the cross, that you died for our sin once and for all. You paid the debt. You nailed the certificate of the debt of every single person in this room to that cross. The debt is paid. May we live in the freedom of knowing you every day, knowing that that debt has been paid and we can go free in you doesn't mean we have a license to sin, but it means that we are living free from the debt and desiring you and all you have for us every day. Father, I thank you for the people here today who are realizing that maybe some stuff from culture and some good ideas maybe have washed in and added to the gospel, added to the message. I thank you that today we can lay that stuff at the foot of the cross and come back to the head. Help us to stay connected to you, O oh God. Lord, I pray that we would be aligned, that we would have Christ at the center of it all. I pray your blessing on each person here as we endeavor to follow you and know you and seek you and put you first in everything we do. Father, may we know the blessing that comes from following you. Friends, just while every eyes still closed and every head bowed, I want to pray one more prayer today. If you're here in this room and maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, maybe you are far from him today. Maybe you have made a decision to follow him before, but you'd be honest and say, Steve, I'm far from God today. The truth is, friends, God loves you. God made you. God has a great plan for your life. We all sin. We all mess up. We all fall short of God's standard. And our sin, it separates us from God. And the payment that was due for our sin was death. And like I've shared already, that Jesus went to that cross and he paid the debt of your sin. Then he conquered death in the grave and he rose again to new life, defeating death. And he extends to you today his free gift of grace, forgiveness for all your wrongs, a brand new life that begins right here, right now. You get to walk into the plans that God has for your life. He has a plan and a purpose for you, friend. And then, friends, there's a great promise of eternity in heaven with him. If you're here today, you're not right with God, but you want to be, I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. I'll pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Online, I want you to join with me as well. Are you ready? In your heart, just say these words. Say, God, today... I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way, and I turn to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Take it away from me. I choose today to live for you and make you my Lord. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm really proud of you. 
and uh, I want to ask you to do something really brave for me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer either for the very first time or maybe you're getting your life right with God today, right where you are, I want you to be really brave. And when I get to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high. Now, I'm not doing that to stand you up or bring you to the front, nothing like that. All I'm going to do is I'll see you, I'll acknowledge you, you can put your hand straight back down. What I'm asking you to do is take a little step of faith today. Just put a little bit of action to your decision. Are you ready? Online, there's a little button coming up that says, I raise my hand or count me in. You can click that. Just let us know that you prayed that prayer. We want to help you on your journey. Are you ready? On the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, you got your life right with God today. On the count of three, one, two, three. Hands up nice and high right now. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Anyone else? Thank you over there. I see you too. That's great. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. That's me. Three online. Amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Anyone else saying, Steve, count me in. Nice and high so I can see it. Right down the back. Got you, man. Awesome. Father, we thank you so much for the work you're doing in this place. We thank you, God, that you are in the business of transforming lives. And I pray for every person that just said yes. May this not just be a momentary, temporary moment, but may this be something that shifts their eternity. Lord, from this moment that they would put you first and seek you above everything else and that they would know the full and free and abundant life you came to give them, Jesus. We bless them now as a church in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for all those people, the people online? Congratulations, team. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.